Hello, my name is Jared Fairclough. And I'm Joe Hennis. And welcome to To Introduce Our Guest Star, a podcast for ToughPigs.com. In this show, Joe and I take it in turns to surprise each other with that week's guest. This week, it is my turn. Joe. Yes, yes, Joe, Jared. you don't know who's joining us, do you? Not a clue. You have a, you have a slight advantage. Why do yeah. I have a slight advantage? Because I know who it's not, because we've already done eight episodes of well, the show. Yeah, but also, uh, if you remember, I accidentally dropped a pronoun. You did. Recently. <clears throat> yes, uh, I know that this person is female. Yes. yes. So you have so that um, eliminates forty nine percent of the population. Great. Um, and yet so, I'm still completely clueless as to who who it's going to be. You are. So uh, so as as we do, uh, you have some uh, questions you can ask and see if you can't narrow it down. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's start with that old chestnut. Is it Muppets, Sesame, or Henson? Sesame. Sesame. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, is uh, is this person a puppeteer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that that yeah. narrows it down. To that me. was really flippant, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, just is. what we do on the show. We just get a lot of puppeteers. That's all. That's all That's we it. do. Uh, cool. Okay. Um, this person's a puppeteer on Sesame Street. Uh, was this person a puppeteer on Sesame Street in the 1980s? No. Well. That was a dumb question because it didn't narrow it down <laughs> at all. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a person. Here yep. we go. Fingers yep. crossed. Is okay. it Stephanie DeBruzzo? Incorrect. Ah. Oh, that always makes me happy when you get one wrong. Joe, <laughs> my guest today is one of the most delightful people I've ever met. Uh, she began her career on uh, Muppets Tonight, where she played Spamela Hamderson, before working on shows like Animal Jam, The Wobblest World of Dr. Zeus. However, she's perhaps best known for her role as Abby Cadabby on Sesame Street, which has earned her five Daytime Emmy nominations. Also, did you know she was on The Simpsons? Because I certainly didn't. I didn't know she was on The Simpsons. It's fascinating. Joe, would you please welcome to, to introduce our guest star, my friend, your friend, and Lally La Pop's best friend, Leslie Carrara Rudolph. There you are. There you are. Welcome. Thank you very much for for coming on. Leslie, what a treat. <laughs> I get you twice in a week. I don't think I count as a celebrity. I was like, Jared, you are do. you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I count. But uh, 100% you absolutely you count. count. Ah, ha- happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all. Thank you for for the Mother's Day wishes. I much appreciate it. That's great. My as, kids didn't get me mother, anything. You know. <laughs> how, uh, are you? how are you leslie i'm good i'm actually laughing because um i was in the middle of shooting an epic film that i had to stop production for in order to have this moment with you wow anything you can tell us about sure um uh lolly um it's since lolly's this is her 20th year I've been doing Lolly for 20 years, so I say yes to everything, and I'm just saying yes for anything. Well, I say yes in general anyway, but like puppet stuff, I'm just going to like, it's Lolly's there. I'm just going to go for it. So she did the 48-hour puppet film festival, which I did a a stop-motion beaver film um, with pipe cleaner beavers, but apparently um, stop-motion doesn't count as live puppetry. It's animation. So I was like, oh, I didn't know. So we didn't get it disqualified, but we did get honorable mention. And then oh, that's nice. this that's is um, the Seabees Puppet Theater. Every year they pick a film and then they part out all the scenes and they assign it. People sign up to do a scene 
um, but you do it with puppetry. So this year, the, <laughs> this year, the film, I just said, sure, sure, I'll do it. Don't, don't tell me, just send me the scene, but it's aliens, not alien, but the sequel to alien, which is aliens. I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't see that. I don't like scary movies. I hate scary movies. So they, <laughs> I said, just assign me a scene. So they assigned me a scene and I watched it in broad daylight with Paul. I'm like, just tell me what my scene is. <laughs> and so I'm responsible for that little scene. So, little snippet. Um, Your scene, because we were, we were talking about this before. Your scene's like at the end of the movie, right? No, it's like ah, oh. <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> it's no, it, it's this is a podcast. Nobody knows what you just I know. Did. <laughs> I just I just did a Milano cookie pod alien attack them with goo on it. Um no, my scene's number nine. It's right like oh, I, it's right okay. after she they find Newt. I don't know if anybody's seen this movie. I didn't. Mm -hmm. But then it's right when um, it's the first chest burster. <laughs> oh, ah. lovely. <laughs> so that gave you at least a not not too scary scene, I guess. Only a little terrifying. I, I shoot it by myself because Paul was like, look, just because you said yes doesn't mean I said yes. So most of the time it's all me filming on selfie and trying to figure out angles and stuff and um, but it's pretty funny. But I love it because I just use the repert Lolly's repertoire company, which is whatever is around. Newhart makes a cameo. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You're very beautiful little dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's. I was wondering, like, you know, how long it's going to take us to talk about Abby in this conversation. So I don't want to start with Abby. I want to talk about Lolly because, like you say, it's Lolly's 20th anniversary, which is super exciting. Which, by the way, I didn't realize that Lolly Lardpop is the same age as Tough Things. Because we're also celebrating 20 later this year. Really? Congratulations. Is... Thank you. I don't know how we're going to do it. But... Is yours? <laughs> we're well, going to do yet. When is your anniversary? August. August. <gasps> okay. Yours is, I have a little more time. Ours is in October. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. She was well, born on Halloween. No, they can't see my uh, air quotes either on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the most visual podcast. That's yeah. what I'm aiming but, for. But you should be hearing New Paul mixing Newhart's food. Can you guys hear that? I can hear a that. Little bit. Everyone will everyone will enjoy that. That'll be It adds human interest. We feed our dog. We feed our so, dog. Uh, I'm curious uh where Lolly got her name. Because like I get Lolly and Candy and Pop, but you got lard in there, which is not something that I think people most usually think of when they think of candy or something sweet. Oh, because she eats candy, sugar, and lard. Well, I like Lolly was an incoming <laughs> um, lard pop was because if you if you Google Lolly pop and Lolly stuff, right. some crazy things come up, right? But lard pop, you know, I was like, oh, this is good, you know, like I like candy, sugar, and lard, and I'm just like, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm made of, a bleed frosting, and um, but uh, yeah. So that's it. And her middle name starts with a C and she hates her middle name. What's her middle name? What's her middle name? You have to guess. It starts with oh, a C. It's gonna be like it's well, something she, she hates really it. hates. Cauliflower. Oh my god! I can't believe you. Did I get it? Yes. Yes. Right out of the All right. We can end this podcast now. Thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah, no one's ever guessed cauliflower. I'll have really? to change all my passwords now. Oh, all right. Ooh, oh god. <laughs> It's funny. All I thought was like, all I know is it's not candy. 
Like she loves. Like it's that, a vegetable. She's like, it's the most horrible yeah. name ever, cauliflower. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think Lolly was just like an incoming. I made her so quickly that it, it was literally. I just, I, you guys know the story of Lolly, right? How I made her. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I maybe don't. our listeners don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, I had, uh, I was, I was, I had created a show for the Disney Company. That was at the Disney El Capitan Theater, which is awesome. And um, and my my characters were be busy with that company. <laughs> so, and then um, that show, um, when that show ended, um, a lot of my characters uh, went with that. And so um, when I started over, I was so used to being in front of family audiences. And then I did also perform a lot under um <laughs> in the basements of some very nice place places in silver lake <laughs> but um but i had been so busy being a family entertainer and i also um was active in my community of several silver lake i entered a drag competition and won under assumed name and edwina fainton sock monkey specialist i entered this competition completely and never no one knew who i was because i went as edwina fainton because disney had a um a clause in my contract that i had to do just pg or g things and this yeah this was a drag competition and, you know, I could control my performances, but not everybody else's, but we were raising money for the community. And so I was, I went undercover. And so um, whenever I performed um, more, you know, things that weren't necessarily for kids, I was Leslie Rudolph. And whenever I was performing for PG or G, I was Leslie Carrara, even though, you know, I'm, I, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, my stuff is more Monty Python. That's what I say. I get twisted and weird and obscure, you know, like my, my last um, my last cabaret, I popped a tick out of my neck and it went tap dancing and I gave it to a child in the audience. And, it, and you know, it was just, my things are just obscure. Um, anyway, I was, my friend said, you know, why don't you come and sing in my cabaret? And I was super I was like, you know what? I, I can't even remember what I sound like anymore. And I used to sing with a big band and I loved to sing and I did a lot of theater, but I've been so busy doing characters. I, I couldn't remember my voice. And, and plus I figured no one would come, you know? And so I was really, I just said yes. And I was sad about, you know, my losing my Disney show. And then um, I was terrified. I was like, I haven't really been myself in front of anybody for so long. So I called um, my friend, Miss Coco Peru. Um, if you don't know her, she's a very famous drag queen and monologist. And she's incredible. She's like the Spalding Gray of the, you know, she, Coco is just a brilliant writer. And because I'd won the drag competition, um, I was doing a lot of outreach and I was doing a lot of different um, shows. We were raising money for AIDS and everything. So I called Coco and I said, I'm so nervous. I go, I don't know what to do. She says, well, there's always suicide or you can make a puppet. <laughs> and I was like, what? She goes, yeah. Or you can make a puppet. And it's like, it's like Eddie is or cake or death. I'm like, wait, puppet or suicide? She goes, just make a puppet, right? Just make it open with something you're comfortable with, you know, get yourself comfortable, get it out of the way and then move on. And I was like, okay. 
well, this was like 45 minutes before the show. And I knew I was going to sing Candyman, but I was going to do it as me because I love candy. And I was like, well, I'm just going to have. So I made a, I made Lolly in like a half hour. And I had a Pippi Longstockings like brace because it was around Halloween. And I twisted it straight up in the air. Um, and then I threw it together. I didn't even have arm rods. My friend, Allison Mork, I'm like, Allison, do you have any arm rods or do you have anything? And she goes, well, just I'll bring by, I'll get some coat hangers, just twist it around her wrists. And I got to the theater. I, you know, it was, it was the Atlas Supper Club and I put Lolly on and, you know, my husband hadn't seen her. My musical director hadn't seen her. I'm like, I'm just going to do something different. I'm just go with me. And I opened up and I said, Irene, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I, I was supposed to babysit and I, I, I forgot all about this. I hope you don't mind. I had to bring her with me. And she goes, well, bring her out. And I'm like, okay. And then I brought out Lolly <laughs> and I was like, wait, did anybody have any candy? And I just like, I, it was an incoming where like, I went through the audience and went through their purses looking for mints. I just was just like, I had nervous, crazy energy. And then she sang the candy man. And then I, I put her down and I did the rest of my set. And, you know, I was in a dress, which was, you know, I hadn't been in a dress in a long time. And at the end of the show, I was like, oh, God, this is great. Well, I had such a following from doing all the outreach that I was doing. Everybody's like, that was amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. Can Lolly be in my show? What? Where did you get Lolly? Paul's like, where'd you get Lolly? And so Lolly got books. Like all these friends asked Lolly <laughs> to be in their shows. And I was like, I'm in a dress. I'm singing. So, so that was just like, and that was 20 years ago that she would do like little appearances. And um, it was hilarious. Asked to judge pet, you know, pet costume competitions. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Is. Lolly is your uh, uh, Phoenix Rising. Tony Clifton. Huh? Yeah, that too. I said you're Tony Clifton. You know, like Andy Kaufman had Tony Clifton and Tony <laughs> was getting booked on shows. And it's like, well, I mean, you're not going to get Andy. You're going to get Tony. It's true. People will call me and say, do you think Lolly is available for? And I'm like, well, let me ask her. She's right here. <laughs> I'm like, she's on my arm. I just laugh. But it's also super endearing that they, that, that, you know, that even adults can compartmentalize. My mom sends Lolly a birthday card every year and she <laughs> puts hysterical. $5 in it <laughs> and writes a note, please, you know, please don't spend this all on candy. I'll take you to the dollar store when I see you. My mom writes these beautiful notes. One time she called me and said, I didn't get Lolly's birthday card in the mail in time. And I'm like, I, I just won't tell her it's her birthday. I mean, I'll wait, I'll wait till it gets here to tell her that it's her birthday. So is, is the Lolly puppet still the original? Like you, you made one in a half hour and she's just lasted you for 20 years. Yeah. Look at this. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, I'm sorry. This is going to be it for the viewers that are weak hearted listen to this i think i've had about six lollies in 20 years wow which is maybe six or eight because i just use a really thick sweat sock but right like that that lolly right there she's she's starting to get worn down but what's hard to find are the pippi long stockings so what i do oh. is i scalp her 
So I, I have two and I have made some, but the thing is about Lolly, she has to look like Marty Robinson. It goes, I'm going to make you a sock puppet. I'm going to make you a Lolly. You know, um, people have offered to make Lolly. And then Marty's like, I can't make her because it's too good. <laughs> you know, people make it too good. Marty Robinson makes the most beautiful sock puppets. I think him and Tim Legasse are having a sock puppet workshop at the O'Neill this summer. And I want to take it, but Lolly on purpose, because when I take her into schools, kids literally <laughs> look at it and go, well, I can make that. But yeah. if I bring Abby yeah. or a really nice puppet, they're not going to go home and make a puppet as likely as if they make, if they see Lolly, they're immediately yeah. Yeah. have the, I can do that. So, yeah, yeah. that's. That's something that we've talked about a lot and more in terms of um, like the Disney owned Muppets and how, you know, Disney is very you know, interested in um, not revealing the magic and, you know, the Muppets are real, that sort of thing, like no behind the scenes stuff. And, um, you know, it, the thing that you lose is that inspiration that kids will get by looking at that and saying, I could be a puppeteer or I could be a puppet builder. Or, I could work in, in television or the movies. There's and, so much of that, um, though now everywhere like when i grew up there yeah. was none of that now there's workshops there's like everywhere you go you can it's it's a lot easier to know how it's done than it so, was in the yeah. past yeah when you were a kid then what what got you to puppetry where did that idea come from um for me i mean i i was just a fan you know i my i was really into animation because my dad was a wanted to be a an animator for disney and um this story i've told a lot is that my dad actually went back to school having four kids i was the youngest i was the only one born in california and my mom just told me that my dad was the only one in his family that got to go to college you know, they have from, you know, they worked really hard. My mom worked right out of school. It was a different time back then. And, you know, my Nona came over from Italy. And so my aunts were from Italy and then they had my three brothers and they worked and my dad did all kinds of stuff. And then um, got in an accident where he couldn't do the physical labor and he always wanted to draw. So he pursued that. He went to CalArts and then became an art teacher and, he, but he always took me to movies. We always had characters. I was always drawing. So I was always, uh, and I was the youngest. So I was always like really hyper and crazy. So I was always put in the backyard and I explained that my, and my grandparents and every after school program known to mankind and my grandparents live with us. And my grandpa showed me my very first puppet, which was a snapdragon. And like, if you go to the tiki room and you see all the flowers singing and everything, but when I was little, like my grandpa showed me, like, if you pinch the back of a snapdragon, it talks to you. And I remember something oh. in my brain went, wow, other things can talk too, I bet, you know? And I started seeing the world in a creative way. So I would just make puppets. Like for me, my first puppet was made out of a slipper because it you, you bend the slipper and it already has a yeah. hard palette and stuff and you can stick things on it. Um, so, and I did a lot of outreach. So I just made my own, I made anything talk. You know, I have in the 
corner, I have like a potato masher with a with a sponge and everything and um, and a and bandana and I've made a wolf out of it, you know, just grabbing things that I could to tell stories. So um, I didn't even it wasn't until I auditioned for the Muppets that I saw how it was done. <laughs> I mean, it was literally <laughs> like, oh, dear God, you know, and I collected frogs. So of course I was in love with Kermit. My graduate, my huge, my big graduation gift from college was the Kermit the Frog telephone. And my family like mm, yep. gathered around. It was a big deal. Watched me open it. I was like, oh, I wanted this so bad. I mean, you know, that was it. That was like, which, wow. Now, which Kermit phone? Because there's two. There's one that was like him sitting back. It's and the, the one the he's one sitting like, back like this. And it's the. It oh, has, that's what I want. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, like, I, I have the other one. Yeah, you I have, have the, the one, one the green one that goes like yeah, this. Yeah, I have it on a shelf over yeah, here. Yeah, I have it just up here. Yeah, Same I one. sadly I, went I through a really one, rough although, time and had to sell mine. <laughs> I sold. Oh. A little, I went through a couple. Was it? Because I've seen it every once in a while. I catch it like on eBay or something like that. But I feel like there's a rotary phone version. Like not there's the one with buttons and then I feel like there's one with a rotary phone. Okay. Oh, so I just have the again, one with visual podcast, so no one's gonna say this, but I it's a it's oh, it's, Jared is it's grabbing the button something. one yeah. that I have. Yeah. 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 With the Oh no, I think I have Jared, this is fascinating. Podcast. I think I have the the button. No, I have no, not, that, not that, not that one. I'm talking about the one where he's reclining. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, I yeah, have that, that one too. I got that one in a <laughs> gift basket, my very first gift basket from the Muppets at Chris. Um, when they, I, I was shocked for Muppets Tonight, yeah. and I saw it in Brian's office. I think they were putting that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then I was like, it's in my basket. I was freaking <laughs> out. But um, so, so how did you get that audition for the Muppets? Oh, okay. So, gosh, okay. Um, there's a lot of fast forwarding through this. So, um, that's all right. That's, that's what we okay. Do. We're jumping around. That's okay. Don't as worry. long as you don't mind. Um, I had, um, so my background is child development through the arts. So I was teaching a lot and then I did a lot of theater and then I did theater in San Francisco called Beach Blanket Babylon. I did that. And then Disney saw me. And then I went to Disney World. Um, I was supposed to be working as an early show at the Comedy Warehouse where I would do comedy kind of for kids other than improv. And then, but I ended up working at the Adventures Club. I met my friend Sandy Fox. My Sandy, my friend Sandy Fox moved to California. She was doing Betty Boop at Universal. She started dating Kurt Thatcher. Kurt Thatcher started working on um, this show called Muppets Tonight. Um, anybody who knows me or seen me, um, and I would, I always had like Kermit on my leg. You know, I was, I was such a, nerd people just made like she's a human muppet you know the way they make fun of the way i walk and <laughs> i was super physical and goofy and sandy says they're having you know uh, i i told kurt about you and i think that i got called in but i my puppets it was embarrassing like i had a suitcase like that said live love and laugh that i hand painted on it and I opened it up and it was Kurt Thatcher and Dick Blasucci. And I'm like, well, I do this and I do this. And they just kind of went, nice, you know, we'll, we'll, mm, we'll, we'll be in yeah. touch. And I was like, oh, I don't think that went well. <laughs> you know, I was just like, 
crazy person and I'll just leave because I'm from the Bay Area. I am from Northern California, which is different than Los Angeles. I tell you, it's completely different. Like we're hippies and quirky and my dad painted our car and, you know, we do all kinds of, you know, my family, we're just, we're just not that we're carnies, but we practically are <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so then um, I, but I did have managers at the time because when I was at Disney World, I auditioned for, to be audience warm up for the Mickey Mouse Club. And then they hired me as an actress and I was kind of bummed because I just wanted to do audience warm up, which I would love to do. I, 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 if anybody needs one, I would love to do that. That's interesting. It's usually the other way around. I just, you know, I, like, well, I, I auditioned for the show, but they got me warming up beforehand. No, I'd rather just talk to people and, and make them laugh and leave and, and just still have maintain my identity and know that I made a difference. But um, anyway, so, um, but I had managers and I had written a show called life in other people's shoes. And um, it was, um, there were shoes all over um, the stage and I would cartoon a character and then I'd like put on the shoes and I'd, you know, assume their identity, stuff like that, you know, do a monologue or sing. And that's why I did my gypsy character. I had done, um, sir, I hadn't done search for signs yet, but I did do parallel lives with Paula Pell. We were in the Kathy Mo show together. And so we were doing cool. comedy together. I know Paula and I talked about this. We were, in the in the Kathy and Mo show in the beginning, the they stand with these big angel wings, and they look down and, you know, they're t figuring out how they're gonna work on the earth below the earthlings, and um, Paula and I were backstage in our wings, and I was like, Paula, how do you think people make it? And she's like, I think either you're born into it, you know, into the Hollywood nepotism world, or you're just in the right place at the right time, or you're just meant to be, you know, I don't know, you know, and I was like, isn't that weird, but we're always going to have this moment, you know, where we were in Florida, in Orlando, Florida, Orlando rep, and we did the Kathy Emotion, it was such a magical time, it was such a great time, and then um, Paula was in a couple people's sketches who were submitting to Saturday Night Live, and Laura Michaels saw her, and saw that she was just, Paula's one of the funniest women on earth. Oh my god. She's hilarious she... i love her so much and um he, he said i want you to write and she goes i'm i don't i'm not a writer I, i'm a comedian what he goes you're funny you can write you know funny so he hired pa and i was like oh my gosh paula and then the same this is like a couple months after we'd done the show then um the the people that saw me at the um Mickey Mouse Club, the writers from the Mickey Mouse Club found out that I was, they said, if you're in LA, call us up because we think you're like the female Robin Williams. We'll just bring you around. And they had brought me to meet, I think it was Dick Bardis at the time at the HBO or something. And he says, we have this HBO workspace, like a space that we, it's now Comedy Central that we give comedians or writers a little spot and they can invite people to. And so they gave me a couple nights there and someone came and said they're having cattle calls for female comedians who can sing and do voices for the Muppets. This was after I had already had the initial, okay. here's my suitcase, <laughs> or my phone. So then I went to the cattle call on my own. I found out, I saw, and, and 
um, I think, you know, I talked about this on Bill Beretta's podcast and they were seeing 10 people every half hour for two days. <laughs> and, oh, and then I just happened to be, it was one of those things I go, you know, Bill's why I'm a puppeteer. I'm like, he took a chance on me, he convinced Brian. He goes, listen, she's got characters. We can figure it out. We can help her. And it was terrifying. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to be fired every day because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, at that, at the, at the audition, they just had us do a monologue and sing, but I never got to my song. Cause Bill just said, just tell me why you're this way. And then, um, and then the second call back, um, Martin Baker was there, Brian Henson, Alan Trotman. I mean, I, and Bill, thank God my hands were sweating. I don't even think Kevin was there. And then they gave us a puppet and we were in a dance studio and I was improvising with the puppet and we had the puppet on. And then all of a sudden Alan puts his hand up in the air. I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> you know, cause I was like, so I put my hand up in the air <laughs> and then he started just because people can't see you. You have your hand up like near your face. I just didn't know what he was doing because I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't had it up above your head. any yeah. reference whatsoever. Like there was no behind the scenes. You know, there was things in books. Yeah. Like I read, my, you know, Jim Henson the works, and I made the wish that I wish that I could fit into that world. So I was looking up the whole time, but Alan was looking into the mirror, the dance mirror, and improvising. So I was completely. I had no idea what was going on, and then. I got a call back and it was me and another um, improviser, Louisette from the Groundlings. And that was, we had a workshop with Bill and it was, you know, just with a monitor. And it was from, I think it was from 10 to 12 and then at lunch. And then from, um, you know, one to three or something. It was just four hours. And um, he gave us basic monitor skills. You know, I just had no idea. And it was backwards. And it was, I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just gonna, I don't know enough to be freaked out. I'm just an adventure. And I pick, I pick angel cards every day. And the angel card I picked was adventure. And it's the angel with the walking stick. And, and I, I remember just saying, Jim, if you're with me, if you're watching this, what, what should I remember? And so when I picked adventure, I'm like, well, this is an adventure. When you have nothing to lose, you have nothing to lose. And then I got it. And then that was the extent of the training I got. That was it. Wow. Then I was just thrown on set and I was just watching. I was like, oh my God. So, you know, maybe that angel's walking stick wasn't a walking stick. Maybe it was, it was an arm rod the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just upside down yeah maybe jim was like somehow puppeteering me through this whole thing i don't know but well, i, mean, I just i fell in love with it though because the hot you know I, I, like i said i'm from theater in the bay area and i my i really was going to be a um a teacher for you know either doing i was either going to do you know um you know kids at risk or you know, um, special ed back in the day, they called it special ed. And, but I just loved characters my whole life since my dad through animation and you, there's no boundaries for what you could do. And I, and I didn't have the confidence 
that you need to to have in Hollywood to be able to you know put on makeup and clothes I was I'm just too much of a puppy dog you know I just want to play I don't want to have to look nice (laughs) (laughs) that's my mantra all the time well you know what I mean I just want to let's just do this you know so yeah yeah. So well, it I mean, was perfect. You, uh, you get thrown into that environment, but I mean, what an environment to get thrown into because, you know, you're learning, you know, trial by fire, but you're learning with, you know, the best people in the business. So it was probably the best place for you. It was. I just stayed on set the whole time. I watched people's style. Like the, the cool thing about that, it was like, and Bill was great. Bill would, he'd come in, he'd whisper a couple pearls. Kevin was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this lady? <laughs> This crazy woman. This woman's crazy. She don't know what she you know. <laughs> but he he would just like, you know, I watched everybody has a different style. And you know, he goes, see what resonates with you. Or, but also all the stars that we had, it was like a master class. Like, you know how people are taking master class now? Yeah. Um, which is great. I watched um Steve Martin's and um, I heard Ron Howard is good. And then I really want to, um, David Sedaris, I started for storytelling, but, um, it was nice to see people work. And when you're underneath them, you know, it's uninhibiting, you, you know, you get used to, can you hear Newhart squeezes pig? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. For anyone wondering what that noise is in the background, that's, that's Newhart the dog. Well, yeah, I just cut. I just cut his hair and it's ridiculous. I literally had enough hair to make another dog. So I did. And I did a stop motion um, video of Newhart's alter ego out of his fur. Nice. (laughs) Beautiful. So yeah, it was, Uh, it was great. When you were on Muppets tonight, were there any guest stars that you were particularly like, you know, enamored with or anyone you got, you had a good connection with or were super fun to work with? Ah, oh my God. Um, Well, I have to say when I was in Whoopi Goldberg, um, Mm -hmm. when I was in, when I was at Disney World, um, when I got there, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. And I was away from home and I was blue. You know, I got George and Gracie, my two kitties there. I always usually have an animal, a dog or something. And um, I was just really blue and I was reading an article about Whoopi and about, you know, her being a mom and being a comedian and all the things that she did. And I was like, you know what, this is nothing. I'm working in a theme park, you know, what an inspiration. So I wrote her a fan letter and I just sent it out because it made me, I just wanted to say like, and I put my mom's address, my mom and dad's address, because I didn't know where I was going to be. And my mom called me up and she's like, you've got an envelope here from Whoop Incorporated. And I'm like, what? open it and she opened it up and it was an autographed picture of Whoopi Goldberg and it just said thanks oh. thanks Leslie Whoopi what a class act what a wonderful and person. I I I thought I felt like she read my letter like I didn't ask her for yeah. a picture I didn't ask her and I just was like so when she was on I was giddy because I was just like I wonder if she you know, I'm going to tell her the story, you know, and I, you know, and she was so cool. She was on, um, uh, she was hanging out with Bruce Valanche. It was the year that she was hosting the Oscars 
she was on a diet where she was just eating beef jerky <laughs> and she was like <laughs> you know she's being fitted and i was like she had all those diamonds i go i almost wore my necklace like that today but wouldn't that have been embarrassing <laughs> and she's like well i saw you wearing it yesterday i knew you wouldn't have the nerve to wear it two days in a row <laughs> but like she saw i she keyed into me at the table because i was the only female yep in the cast and there wasn't a lot for me to do. <laughs> and I, I think she keyed into that. So when we were on set, she, she, Leslie, what are you doing? Like, I, I was like, oh my gosh. And I told her, I said, look, I wrote a letter to you. And I don't know, it's so long ago, you know, she goes, I try, you know, I'm really trying. Yeah, try to do that, you know. Hey, if I had shoes like those, I painted it some shoes. I put, I had I had a better whoopee, that was bad. But um I did I, I didn't realize how close Whoopi was to Floyd. Like <laughs> that was a pretty good Floyd Pepper yeah. impression. Well he um if I had some shoes like that, oh I'd wear them every day. And um she I, I painted her some dragon shoes and she wore them on the show but Great. i mean that was years later when i saw her on on sesame street and when i'm so because you guys have probably worked together a dozen times now well then you know, the next time i saw her was when i got abby and i was on a radio show she got her picture with gail my guinea pig <clears throat> and it was the right when she was leaving um uh the radio show to be on the view and she was nervous she says i don't know if i can do it you know i don't know if i can do it and I was like, you just be you. We need you. And then um, and then I saw her again on the 50th special, but everybody was in awe. And I I don't know. I always feel like, I don't remember me. I'm just, you know. So so that I'd have to say Whoopi was the great greatest, but there was just so many moments that you don't have enough time on the podcast for, but uh we could do a whole podcast about every every celebrity you've ever met. I do have a really great <laughs> I do have a really great scrapbook and uh, at home in California. Next time I go, I'll get it. Um, because yes. I, I, I got like, got some autographs. One of my favorite moments was with Garth Brooks. Um, Jerry Nelson and I were, it, we, we perf um, recorded at Capitol records most of the time, except for when we were with Prince and um, I can't remember where Paul will, Paul will, where was, Conway Studios was, but other than that, we were usually at Capitol Records, the house that Frank built. And um, where I met my husband, well, probably the most memorable thing to happen to me on Muppets Tonight is meeting the love of my life, Mr. Paul. Right, it's like, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, no, yeah. which is a romantic story. Um, but we were, um, but, but to finish off the Garth Brooks thing, um, we were at we were at Capitol and we were recording background vocals. Chickens. For a fiddler on the roof, even though we did the chickens, mm -hmm. even though we did the chickens live. And a lot of times the guests performed live, but we were sitting, um, we were getting ready to exit um, and listen to Garth Brooks. And Jerry and I decided to stay in the studio and just have a private concert with Garth Brooks. And right. I was sitting next to Jerry Nelson and listening to him. And um, it was just one of those pinch me moments. So 
Yeah. I thought that was pretty. I cut. love it. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, you've done a lot of really interesting role. You had a lot of interesting roles, like aside from your Sesame work, aside from Muppets Tonight, which I feel like are the two Henson related things that we kind of always go back to. But do you have any, um, you know, particularly great moments about uh, like Wubbyus? Wobulous World of Dr. Seuss or Animal Jam or oh. um, uh, Puppet Up. I know you did that for for a minute. No, we did that for a long time, actually. Now it's just. A Were you on Puppet Up for a long time? I'm I, I actually one of the once, founding so like was... members. So oh. Puppet Up started um, way before it became, you know, um, it used to be like um, Brian just had a, a bunch of us puppeteers on Monday nights and brought Patrick Bristow to give us improv classes and stuff and with puppets. And so we were just doing it. And then Brian said, why don't we do it in front of like people, you know, at the studio. So um, we did in front of people. I wasn't in the first one. And some people came on the lot to see it. And somebody from the Aspen Comedy Festival came and said, I want you to do that at the Aspen Comedy Festival. And so we're like, what? So my first gig was we all went to the Aspen Comedy Festival. And <laughs> I have a really scary story about that. So we went to the Aspen Comedy Festival. And um, um, a lot of times, you know, Patrick will put us together. And he picked Bill Beretta and I. He goes, okay, you guys are going to do the date. I'm like, okay. And um, there's this little round beaver that I just love to pick this little beaver. He's one of my favorite puppets. He's so cute. She's so cute. And Bill picked this big caveman. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you've seen the caveman. Yeah. It's a big caveman. He's a big guy. He's got a mono brow. He's got hair on his forearms and back. Not just little beaver. And then for the um, suggestion um, the, from the audience was like Costco, where do you go on a date or the... Um, the wax museum, Madame Trudeau's wax museum. So he says, uh, let's take the wax museum, double points if you can get in Costco. So I'm like, I'm so excited. We stopped and got a chico bake and a hot dog at Costco before we go to this <laughs> wax museum. It's my favorite thing. I like to dip it in the ranch dressing. So we're talking. And then unbeknownst to me, John Favreau was in the audience and Bill's friends with John Favreau. And I hope he doesn't hear this. Does John Favreau listen to your podcast? Uh, he is next week's guest. Oh, no, my God. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> and I'm stopping. Um. <laughs> so, but, I mean, John Favreau, he's amazing. I'm such a huge fan. I love him, but I'm not, you know, at the time, I didn't know names or anything, you know, faces and stuff. And he was, at that time, he was a big guy. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, Bill says, um, he goes, I'm, I'm just, I'm so glad that you're going to come with me to the, see the, the new John Favreau at the Wax Museum. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's my favorite. I love him. The only reason I went out with you is because you look exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> that was my yes and, right? And it was just like, and it did oh. kind of at the time. But anyway, so afterwards, the, everybody's laugh, whatever. There was a laugh. And then afterwards, coming up after the show, guess who came up? and said hey uh, nice improv i'm like nice to meet you because i'm john favreau and i'm like oh my god you look just like that caveman <laughs> oh my god so but anyway from that we went to the australian comedy festival which then, i saw i was there yeah so i went to yeah. that 
I was at the Australian Comedy Festival. I think we went, I want to say twice. No, Edinburgh was twice. And then we went to Edinburgh. And then, um, but then I was, it was busy. And then they started bringing more improv people in and stuff. Yeah. And so then once Sesame Street happened, I didn't get, um, they had a, a stable of people. But then when we were in New York, um, out of the which is when i saw the show yeah so i did when you, when you guys were i did every week except for three so yeah. i did every week except for three yeah so i was in gotcha. it a lot so yeah you were yeah um, something I didn't, I didn't realize you'd been in until i was doing a little bit of research uh for this was i didn't know you'd been in the simpsons oh well i don't that's background I mean, background walla I mean, you know, they Ew. come in. Yeah, super exciting. Well, I mean, please. I'm just like, I when you say being in The Simpsons, I mean, they're amazing. But yeah, you, you get brought in and you do the the background characters and stuff like that. So we, we did the bra- background walla, but then we used to get to go to the, you know, that they would always have their cast party, not their cast party, but their um, Halloween of horror, big, big parties yep. for that. Yep. And we got my favorite um rap gift was a marge simpson um vacuum cleaner they sent us a yellow <laughs> big long yellow vacuum cleaner with a pair of eyes it has like these you know it's just a yellow vacuum cleaner and a big blue wig to put over it and said this is a marge simpson vacuum cleaner that's amazing and i want one and we got poker <laughs> chips i mean those are like oh my god they're so heavy we got a um homer sick simpson you know was it garmin or what was it like you know the yeah like the, the yeah the uh the gps thing yeah like woohoo yeah we're on the yeah. freeway yeah, right. i'm a genius um that also animal jam to to loop back animal jam was Awesome. Like that happened right after my Disney show. And um, I did like a test with Edie the zebra. And then we ended up, um, I got to stay as Edie and we went to um, Disney World in Florida and we filmed for six weeks and we did 30 episodes in six weeks. So we, wow, that is yeah, a, that we is did, a slog. it was intense. We did an episode a day. And there was two songs in every episode. So we would film all our all our scenes and our songs up until one o'clock, we'd get lunch, and then we'd have a live studio audience. And then Edie would go out, warm up the kids, because I'm hyper. And then the kids would come in and then we would perform live until like five, six o'clock. And then we would pick up whatever we left. It was grueling, but it was fantastic because that's where I really cut my teeth and got better as a puppeteer and i think animal jam was after uh dr seuss right dr seuss i was second um, season that sounds right yeah i can i can look it up i was second season dr seuss right in front of me. and that's where i met matt um marty and pam and tim and jim nappy and tim and i realized that we that that his mom gave me away um and that was that I, he was my brother and it was very traumatic, but no, we've to realize we're the same person. <laughs> uh, yes. What Wubulous world of Dr. Seuss, if you were on season two, that would have been around 97 and animal jam was until 2003. Yeah. So a little bit of a cap. Yeah. Because my Disney show was in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that ran for four months at the El Capitan. So, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so um, I do want to talk a little bit about one of your, like you're probably your best known Sesame Street character that you're really famous for, uh, Penelope. Well, I was, uh, are you kidding me? Oh my God. I thought <laughs> you were going to talk about Velvet the Curtain. I'm still hanging around <laughs> just waiting for someone to ask because I was fat. Fine, I'll go back up. Are you talking about Penelope Penguin, the best character? Oh Why God. isn't, here's my question. Why, Why isn't Penelope I, in every episode? Why? <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing, Joe. When we used to have readings, I would, I would say, you know what this scene needs is a penguin. And um, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's kind of weird. And I, I you know, I was just, uh, I my very first thing I ever did was Pam Wappa Islands. And, um, and it was kind of like I was reading over the phone and um I and I was trying to think like it was originally it was like Jennifer Tilly meets a little bit of Roseanne Barr and she was just like, <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing. And I just like I just was such an odd choice. And they're like, yeah, use that. And I was like, really? And I just love that penguin so much and that I was constantly and when Joey was like, I go, if you could do any character, I go, Penelope, <laughs> you know, the penguin. <laughs> well, I I didn't um Marty Robinson's wife, um, Annie named her Penelope. I did not. So um So was that the same voice that you did uh, for Coco the penguin in on um, Pound Wappa? Yeah. So I was oh, Coco, wow. right? And then mm-hmm. I went and I did um, Elmo the Musical. I'm sorry. It sounds like I've had a little bit of, you know, <laughs> some fish <laughs> nod, right? <laughs> I have such a beautiful laugh. Um, and then I did, <laughs> I did Elmo the Musical. And that was pretty funny. I thought Kevin was going to kill me because I was just such a spaz. And then, um, <laughs> then she was in an episode where she was Big Bird's pen pal and she hugs mm-hmm. too hard. She just like, I love her because she's based on some of the kids that I work with that just can't pick up social skills. My nephew is just like, ask questions or like, ask that question. Like she's blunt. She doesn't, you know, I actually pick, pitched, um, I wanted to write the hard way with Penelope Penguin. Here's how I learn things the hard way, <laughs> you know, where she was just, help kids asking kids like I can't read your facial expression or I don't know what you mean like kids that are a little bit struggling with social cues and I just thought it would be great to have kids kind of explain to Penelope like what do you mean I talk too loud you know just (laughs) like well Penelope you know I just thought that would be a segment that would be sweet but then the Billy Porter thing happened and I I I had penguin pants on. I got dressed like four or five times that morning. I am really surprised I didn't cry the whole time, you know, because I was so excited to be there. So, yeah, I can't imagine knowing that you're going to be spending a day with Billy Porter and having to figure out what to dress, what to wear before you before you go because you know that he's gonna be wearing something amazing, amazing and unique well and you're I'm like just, i don't know jeans i can't do that i had white now. corduroys that had little embroidered penguins all over it i had a um 
a, a shirt that had a really shiny heart on it. And I had my cool hat that my husband bought me for my birthday. I had my, I always wear a vest mostly because I can hook my mic pack to the back of my vest and my hat. It's just easier than having it on your pants. But um, I wore, I had ruby slipper socks on. So when I took my shoes off on the white thing, it looked like I had ruby slippers on. I had, great. but I was just so like, when they said he's going to sing with a penguin, I was like, I, I thought, oh, I hope it's me. Like, you know, I get to do Abby and, and I, I, I love doing Abby, but I don't get to do as many incidental characters. So I thought yeah. maybe they were going to give the penguin to one of the other gals. And I, you know, I was just praying. I was like, I love you guys, but please be Penelope. Oh my God. You know, it was, <laughs> so when it stayed Penelope, I was just like so happy. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Um, there was a project that you worked on way back in 2005 that was not, that never aired. Uh, do you remember Velvet Lamour? Do you remember? Uh, do you recognize Velvet Lamour? Was it Lamour? Are you talking about Lamour? mine? Velvet Lamour? Yeah. Are you yeah. talking about from, are you talking about from the stage show? Velvet Lamour. Each and every. From America's. America's Next Muppet. Oh, that. Oh, you know what? Was this was this like an original character that you brought along to to that project? Yeah, this was. Uh, how did? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is crazy. Well, first of all, Velvet Lamour is from uh, Wake Up Your Weird. I, it was a puppet that was like full body, and mm -hmm. um, and it was from my stage show where she was Lolly's fairy fairy godmother. And so I was building her and I was, you know, workshopping an idea that it was like a show to help kids navigate life creatively. And um, Bill was, Bill says, I, I need you to be kind of like on this show, you know, I want you to say that you're a teacher and, you know, would, and, and you're, you know, cause I just, it's a pilot. So we want to see if this works. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, what do you got? And I, you know, I had a different puppets and stuff. And he goes, I like this one. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, it's like, <laughs> okay. And um, he picked that one, you know, and I don't even remember it. I also had like an old lady puppet, you know, it was before I had Granny Dot, which was, mm -hmm. she looked more like Lolly's grandma. So it was a weird sock puppet that I made out of a, I cut the head off a turtle, not a real turtle, stuffed turtle, <laughs> splashing bubbles. I played that too. But um, anyway, so um, I don't even know what happened to that. Has anybody even seen that? But I, I remember no. being um, judged by Dave Goals and, you know, it was just bizarre. But I. What a weird thing. We've gotten so little information about what that project, how, like what actually happened on that pilot. I, and so, like, you. You brought on a character that you owned uh -huh. that I guess potentially if it wasn't just a pilot, you would have potentially like your character would have joined the Muppet well, troop it. and then you would have I, no longer owned. Yeah, would they I, have rebuilt it to be more Muppety? Like I have no idea. I think it was just I think honestly they were just trying to figure that out. Like yeah. like how mm. would this be? And then I think if it did go to the next level, first of all, I wouldn't probably be 
part of it. Although now I think I would like to audition so I can be on the Muppets again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I, I think it was just trying to figure it out. And because I think Bill thought, well, this is a different puppet because if you don't, for the audience, it, it's full, I'm standing. I, um, the puppet is in front of me. And when I had my show with Disney, I had, um, these characters flip flop and fly that sang Andrew sister harmony behind me and flip was an Alaskan Husky flop was a uh, Alaskan Husky modeled after Lauren Bacall flop was a um, Rottweiler modeled after Pearl Bailey and fly was a Fox modeled after I don't have any pictures but it doesn't matter um, modeled after Amelia Earhart and they were these um, like if you stand up if the wolf is in front of you the characters are in front of you and your left hand if you're right hand your right hand's in the body and then your left hand is in the face and your left hand and you're connected to it so the body moves mm -hmm. it you know now lion king kind of like kind of like that um like timon i guess maybe so yeah so but velvet was even bigger and then um i since for my i got a grant and i i i haven't done her in so long since wake up you're weird but Jim Cooper did the mechs on her and the only thing is is that he he focused her eyes for television and not for stage so the difference is for the viewers at home the eyes when you look at for a puppet on television they're slightly together more and they can for stage right. can come off looking mildly cross-eyed so mm -hmm because of that velvet had to move around a lot you know and stuff because <laughs> it was like oh um but yeah that's bizarre yeah interesting that's i think so that's the most for the, for I've the had, project sorry i was gonna say i think that's the most uh information i've ever heard about uh the that next muppet pilot well yeah. graham so Pachoco was on that and he um, which I know you guys know him and he I was performing under this gay bar in Silver Lake that's where I was performing uh, a lot because I was the queen of Silver Lake I won that drag competition I don't know if I mentioned it and I'm in a documentary <laughs> called Tucking Beauty um, but they didn't follow me because I was the, I wasn't scheduled to win and I ended up winning um, but anyway <laughs> that's another story and Eric Garcetti gave me like a award and everything but um grant pachoco and i that's where we met and i just thought he, he had a i think a dog puppet that kind of looked like sweet poly purebred from um you know and then uh we became friends and he he came he goes on oh, i go i'm doing a show under in in silver lake and he came to the show and he goes you lied to me <laughs> He goes, you said you were a teacher. You were on the Muppets. He goes, I believed everything. I wanted you to win. I was like, I was just, <laughs> Bill asked me to play this teacher. They were just trying this scenario out. It wasn't for real. So it was, but we That's became hysterical. friends. We, we remained friends. He didn't hold it against you for the rest of rest of your, your relationship. No, he's been really helpful. He's always really believed in me, helped me start my podcast, um, Lolly's Radio Playdate and stuff. So that's great. Yeah. Uh I, I have one more Lolly question. And then I think I'm I'm pretty much spent for now. But uh here's the big one that I've been holding on to. Why Milano's? 
That's Paul Rudolph. Um, yeah. Yeah. Paul um, found the. Um, Paul, do you want to come talk about the Milano cookie really quick? Double guess. guess Paul Double guess. Paul Rudolph. I'll take the. I guess I could just. The most handsome man in music. Oh. Paul Rudolph. Here, can I just pull this out? And you can. They can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Here then. <laughs> Answer. They have a question. Oh, quickly! It's only an hour show. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're timed right now. It's a, it's, it's a fine. Time. So we're, we're making more time for you. And I said, "That's Paul." Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Tell him about how you found the Milano. How did I find it? Yeah. Oh, it's a classic. It's an old song. I just found it in my collection, but I figured you know it would work well because didn't you have Milano puppets? No, I didn't. No. Well, then you tell the story because I don't remember. I'm really that tired. was Paul the Rudolph, worst everybody. guest appearance ever. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Gosh, oh, go play pig with Newhart. She that was anticlimactic. He found the song and he said, "I think Molly should cover this song." And I'm like, "Oh, that would be great. That'd be a great song. <laughs> that would be a great song." I had to make the Milano cookies. And so John Kennedy and I, um, I we made them out of paper mache and rulers. And I had made them really quick to look like cookies. And then um, Paul did, he reorchestrated it. All the background vocals are him and myself. And then we had like people over it was Carmen's birthday I think it was and we just had people over in our apartment we didn't have a monitor so we put our television on the floor and we had this <laughs> tiny little backdrop and it was Carmen Osbar, Ryan Dillon, John Kennedy, Stephanie DeBruzzo, and myself, um, Grant joined later and I had these amazing puppeteers but all those Milanos like they um, Stephanie and John and um, Ryan were doing two each. So mm -hmm. I, it was amazing. And then um, Carm did my hands and, you know, we, we just played. And then um, Brad Kemp, um, Paul's heating up something now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> more, it adds more human nature. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm heating up some Milano cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because I don't have any puppets, right, for this um, alien reenactment. So I dressed up the Milano. You can't really see. It's so lame. That, well, we can yeah, see it. Right? That's it's so cool. lame. But I also it's dressed up the Milanos Milano as kidneys for Becky Ray's kidney. You know, oh. I just turned the Milanos in the kidneys. But now. That's great. Here's the cool thing is now I have Lolly's repertoire. And so now I dress the Milanos up for candy dance. Like I gave them gummy arms and stuff. And so now I think it's like, her, those are her backups. That's right. Those are the, her pips. Yeah. So it's really, <laughs> I really I, wish Pepperidge Farms would like sponsor us. Oh, like, that's what I was going to ask if you've reached out to Pepperidge Farms. Because it put, like a gimme. I, I mean, really? I know. I mean, totally. We posted the, they have like a, a Facebook page. We posted the video there. We sent it to them. Um, plus, I think Granny Doc could be a, a spokesperson because I, I don't remember, but Pepper's Farms remembers. And, I, <laughs> you know, I always wanted them to, to sponsor our Lolly's Radio Playdate. 
you know, or anything we do, like the old shows back in the day, like, you know, Soap yeah. did. Pepperidge Farms should yeah. definitely sponsor yeah. anything. Yeah. The the Pepperidge Farm Lolly's Playdate featuring Leslie Carrara Rudolph. Why not? Gosh, it's I It's right hope... there. It do rolls you, right off the do tongue. Do you think they're listening to your podcast? Well, they're next week's guests. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's... So I don't know if you knew that John Favreau actually works. He owns Pepperidge Farm. Yeah. So he's going to be. So that's the whole thing. Next oh week. my <laughs> gosh! By the way, I still have the um, platypus you gave me. I was so well. I mean that that leads us into talking about the love of my life, Abby Kadabi. Um, I adore that little fairy with every fiber of my being. Um, the photo of Abby and I was my Tinder profile uh, picture for years. Um, <laughs> Did it work, Jared? Did it work? It didn't work. Oh, I love Newhart. Um, Hi, Newhart. Newhart's on camera. Newhart's right now, on right? camera. Can't see uh, just as adorable, adorable as Abby. Um, and he just got a haircut, so he looks extra adorable. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Abby's so, part puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Uh, so if if people don't know, during the interview um, where I interviewed Abby, so I went and did some research before that interview with Cookie Monster and Abby, and I was like, I, I don't quite know what to do here, but. Abby had kept on mentioning platypuses. I was like, well, I need to buy her one. So I went like to four different shops until I finally found this little figurine. Um, it took me ages. And then, uh, yeah, and I, I gave it to Abby and I've got a wonderful photo of you holding it up. And, oh, sorry, I should say uh, Abby holding it up with me. And yeah, it's nice to know you still have it. I do. I love, it's my favorite. They're duck beavers. Um, yeah. They're like, well, I have to tell you, I have a beef with australia because they oh. don't i had the hardest time finding platypuses i got one yeah. in melbourne his name's mel and then i you gave me one sydney sid yep and um so but they i i looked everywhere i found one place to have that had a, a platypus t-shirt um lolly um abby has a platypus club i don't know if you know that but <laughs> she's got a few people in it you know they they like platypuses and platypi. Um, yes, absolutely. Oh, right, I'm in. You know it's platypus. The like, dudes are crazy. Though. <laughs> I mean, she loves them. Like we we um, yeah. And there was one that um, almost on the set. Whenever there's art, we we have Bruce, which is a bag puppet that is a platypus that the set people make for Abby. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that was so amazing. It, um, I love Abby. She's she's like a puppy dog, you know. Yeah. She's always there to play with you. Um, it was she's funny. All heart. She will champion you. Doing that interview, I because I'd interviewed Cookie Monster beforehand, and I sort of knew what that dynamic was going to be. But I was like, I don't quite know how Abby and I are going to work together because. Uh, and then someone finally said, "Well, you and Abby need to be the straight person, and then you've got." cookie monster being like the the crazy one and i sort of went okay and i sort of thought about it and then if you watch that interview especially towards the end it becomes like abby and i versus cookie monster like <laughs> us trying to rein him in um and so i've just got a real soft spot because i'm like abby's my partner in crime mm -hmm. she will always have your back you yeah. know she she's like the ultimate you know cheerleader champion one of your one wants to be the best friend you possibly could have you know i think her and that's what her and lolly have in common like we always want to be there you know and i i think for me um when they made this is 
when they had the fairy garden and I walked in there and they had snapdragons, <laughs> I just started crying. <laughs> I was just like, that's my first puppet, you know? And um, I spent a lot of time in the backyard just being my own best friend and, you know, working with kids. When I auditioned for Abby, I was like, so nervous that day and I had Lolly with me and Cheryl Blaylock says why don't you just come visit me in the park and I'm like before you go in I'm like okay so I went to the dog park and I touched every dog possible so I could have dog energy on my hand <laughs> and then I went and I you know Cheryl was doing some stuff because she's part of helps with Central Park and then there were some kids out there and I just put Lolly on and I just started playing with the kids and interacting. And then I was completely calm. And I was just like, this is what I, this is what I love to do more than anything is help people collaborate with their spirits and feel happy and joy and tell stories. And so when I went in right from there, I was in such a good space. And then seeing, you know, Sonia Manzano kind of, getting butterflies overseeing her and when friend Brill and then Kevin Clash actually sent me my audition tape and he says you and Fran were improvising for like 25 minutes like there was we were just like nah, 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 nah. they were two kids like nah, nah, nah. you know when we were just playing I'm like my dad has gas so we have to give him fennel cookies and you know so and when I saw her she was just like oh my god she's a puppy dog she's just so charming and fun so every time I have ever been on, on the Sesame set and if you're there and if Abby's there I'm I can't look away when like the camera's cut and then you or really Abby makes like a mad rush for whoever is like in the studio watching, whether it's kids or adults or a group of people or one person, whatever. And Abby just suddenly becomes their best friend and you give them so much attention and there's so much joy that, uh, you know, that uh, like you said, you were doing with, with Lolly in the park with the kids um, that you don't get with literally any other character mm. on Sesame street. There, you know, that, that personal touch and, uh, you know, that joy that that this character can give to people just because they happen to be nearby. Uh, it's really, it's such a special thing. It really is. And, I mean, yeah, you really, I, I hope that you feel how special that is as well. I do. you really I, go above and beyond for, for people. I, I, I feel like that's like the real magic, you know? I really believe when you believe in someone and they believe in you is like, probably the biggest gift you know and just in that moment and I feel like when kids are there it's just so like one of my favorite moments is and I actually have a picture of it is when um, my friend's son just put his hand on Abby's hand or when they're sitting down and they just put you know like I love that little boys like her too mm. you know that um, yeah that they they, they think she's cool or they want to stand up for her and she can stand up for them or, or that she's funny. And she's like, you know why I don't wear shoes? Cause my feet sweat. <laughs> they sweat like crazy. I mean, I can't look how far they are. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and if you, it's almost like, you know, in Monsters Inc, when you hear a kid laugh, 
Yeah. That's where I get the energy or just like even, you know, and also seeing the parents because you know that they're, they're getting to, to witness their child still full of wonder and then they get to be a kid. That's it. I mean, like, again, by the time I'd interviewed Abby, like I interviewed, um, Cookie and Elmo and I'd been on the Muppet set and stuff like that. And I'd been to Sesame Street and I never believed in a character more than I did with Abby during that interview. <laughs> um, she just, and, and, I, and I'm not lying when I say I just, I, she might be the love of my life. I adore her. You did give her a platypus. I did give her a platypus. I'm sure that she was like, like I, we're together. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give anything to Cookie Monster, did you? No, I gave Cookie Monster yeah, for, a, forget uh, that guy. I don't know if this will look familiar to you. Again, the most visual podcast in the world. Um, this is but the I actual clipboard, know... Leslie, that if you remember, I don't know if you remember the end of the interview, but yeah. Cookie Monster eats the clipboard. Ate it. This is the actual yeah. clipboard. I, I, I hold it on me always. Jared, why don't you explain? Oh, what sorry, you're I should explain. I'm <laughs> holding. A, sorry, I, I forgot. I'm holding a clipboard that, uh, if you've seen <laughs> the interviews I've done with Cookie Monster, both of them, he's eaten my clipboard at the end of them. Um, this is uh, so it's a clipboard, it's black, but it's got uh, what I've done is basically taken giant uh, chew marks out of it, I guess. Uh, so it looks yeah. like it's actually been eaten. Um, but this is the actual one from both interviews. That was great. Well, you know, a lot of it too, like people when we go when we're out and about i feel like there's characters that are like abby still well she's 15 years old now you know been on but when i first was going out like people already know cookie monster's personality yeah they already know elmo's personality They're like let's see you're on i said no 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 like i'm feeling the room i gotta get they they've never they can look at abby and they yeah, they're like she likes to rhyme. She's cute. I'm like, no, she's funny. She's she's warming up the guests. She's finding out. Have to get to know them, and they need to get to know her so they know that she's funny and approachable. Or, you know, um, so a lot of it is just me making sure that there's an authentic connection, and and I think that that's what happens when there's an authentic connection. You know. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know. I just, it's such a, it's such a, it, it's mutual. The feeling's mutual. I get just as enamored and excited when, as the guest when, when there's that kind of connection that you're like, this is joy. Like, because this moment, we'll always, I always say, we'll always have this moment. Yeah. Because, it, you know, they're so rare. Yeah. The, I have a, a very fond memory of, uh, you and I were on uh, backstage uh, at Sesame, and I don't remember what was going on, but Snuffy was was there that day. Like Snuffy was 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 going to be in a scene, <clears throat> and um, uh, I guess Marty and, and whoever was playing the, the back half, they, they had to go from. Yeah. It, it was Brian, probably. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, but Marty and Brian had to get the Snuffy puppet from. Uh, nobody's going to know what I'm talking about, but like that that backstage that uh, that the second stage. And then through where craft services is and up in, into the main street. And oh, yes. A bunch of us. Do you remember this? We yeah. were like a few of us were just like standing there. We're just chit chatting. And we you know, were in the DMZ like and we were yes. we were talking with um, I left. Oh, I can't think of her name. The craft service person. I just loved her. She was fabulous. Anyway, go on. Tell your story. Yeah. And Snuffy literally <gasps> 
literally is running. Oh, yeah. Like oh. he's running. He's booking. And he runs toward us and makes a oh. hard right and keeps on running. And I'm standing there with my camera. Like I took a ton of pictures. And Snuffy ran past us. It was an incredible moment. And then you like turned around and you faced, there's probably four or five of us just standing there watching this. And you just said, we are always going to have this moment. <laughs> and I, I think about that all the time. We we had that moment together. Yeah. What an amazing moment it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I pinch. I n- never take it for granted. I walk on. I never ever take it for granted because I feel like. I feel like, still when I picked that angel card that said, adventure. When I made that wish, like I wish I could fit in somewhere i felt I, I i really believe that somebody up there or somewhere is listening to my wish you know so um yeah it's it that was such a great moment because he was booking yeah, well, that's terrifying i thought we were i thought i was, Why was he in such a rush? i have <laughs> I yeah, yeah snuffy I, I mean he's gorgeous but he terrifies me a little bit i think i have a slight phobia <laughs> of snuffy if he started booking it towards me i think i would have ran he literally, it was like, it was like that scene in Get yeah. Out where, where the guy is running. I and still haven't seen it. Right. I'm too scared. Oh. oh, it's so good. But oh. yeah. Well, Leslie, you've been, you've been very kind with your time. Um, I just looking at my, uh, I don't think I've laughed during an interview as much as I have today. Um, <laughs> we end every podcast with a set of questions. I have a set. Uh, Joe has some for his guest. Um, so okay. these are just rapid fire as quick as you okay. like. Okay. Okay, oh, question God. one. What is your favorite TV show? Oh, God. I can't. Uh, is it something embarrassing? No, I just can't think of it. Is it a guilty pleasure? No, I can't no. think of it. These, I'm terrible. Can I come back to that? Sure. Um, would you? <laughs> I would say Monty Python because I just That's right. We'll take Monty Python. Python. That's, That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Okay. Um, That's a great answer. Oh, Carol Burnett. Oh, my God. How could I not say Carol Burnett? All right. Stop Carolina and Monty Python. Um, w- Those two. Would you rather be able to fly or become invisible? Oh. Uh, fly. Uh, is I soup... Listen, you can already yeah. fly. This is true. Uh, invisible. Is soup a food <laughs> or a drink? Food. Okay. Soup? Sure, not, not one person it's has a said drink. drink. I will. I will go to my grave saying it's a drink. Good Lord, <laughs> With all the chunks in it. Um, if, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yes. Asked by our last guest, uh, your friend Eric Jacobson, uh, what is your favorite snack food? Popcorn. Uh, finally, without knowing who it is, what question would you like our next guest to answer? Oh. Um, but I know it's John Favreau. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? John just in Favreau case it's not. In case we can't, okay. Uh, what would I like? Um, oh, you know what? I asked this to, to I can't say who, um, um, if Abby could poof in, you know, a, well, this is an Abby thing. Like if you can bring somebody right in front of you, who would it be? I love that. that and I one. asked a, a guest and they said the rock. Well, The Rock is By the our way, next guest. Be cool. so. Have you seen his Who's show, Rock? Young Rock? I haven't, no. It, it's really good. Well, it's, it, I think it starts here next week, so I might have to catch it. Yeah, catch it. It's good. Um, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm glad we're giving The Rock, the rock uh, the publicity he needs. 
Um, Leslie, you are truly, I said this, uh, during the introduction, you're the most delightful person I've ever met. Um, and I can't help you, uh, sorry, I can't thank you enough for, um, for giving us, uh, your time tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. I'm honored you thought I was a celebrity. (laughs) Here's the fairy wave, by the way. Oh yes, I I, I did, I I did get a hug from you, uh, during that thing and we, we did the little fairy wave, uh, fairy fairy hug. Yeah. Thank you.